This is Lekker. I'm Lucy Dearlove. It's late morning on Good Friday, and I'm standing in my kitchen with my laptop on a pile of books in front of me, surrounded by clean jars, salt, and the contents of my recently arrived veg box. Through the tinny speakers comes the surprisingly comforting chorus of multiple carrots being grated at once. I'm not peeling carrots. These are organic carrots and they just arrived from the from Riverfedge and they have a bit of mud in them and I'm gonna keep the mud. Quite like that mud. <laughs> That's where the microbes are. These carrots are being prepared for a simple kimchi. I'm in the middle of a Zoom fermentation class led by pro pickler and macrobiotic cook Yelena Belgrave. Around seven of us across London are listening intently and politely muting our microphones so we can blend garlic and ginger for the paste. Although earlier in the year, I had such a glut of carrots that I went through dozens of my recipe books and wrote down every single carrot recipe in desperation, trying to use them up. I currently don't actually have any in my fridge. But that's turned out not to be a problem. The best idea, rather than me telling you this is what you need to buy and what you need to have on a day, is to work with whatever you have in your fridge. And all the recipes that we do today, or that we've done before, or that we'll do in the future, you will be able to tweak with whatever you have in your fridge. Yelena asks me what I have instead of the carrots. And picking through my veg box, I pull out a purple, frilly-looking cabbage. I hold it up to the webcam and ask her if I can use it. She's really excited about this cabbage and says it's actually the traditional cabbage used for kimchi, so I can make a proper cabbage kimchi. Yelena normally runs these workshops as very hands-on affairs in the greenhouses in Brockwell Park in South London. They're usually seasonal, using the produce grown in the greenhouses, but she's adapted them really cleverly to be able to do them remotely. Like sourdough, which was the topic of the last lockdown special episode, Fermentation has been on my mind recently, being as it is a long, slow food project that reduces waste and uses historic techniques to prolong the life of what we buy and grow. Yelena has been fermenting since childhood, and I wanted to ask her how she feels about preserving and eating more generally during lockdown. Greetings from Crofton Park in South East London. Hi Lucy, it's Yelena Belgrave here. I'm sending you a message from my house in Crofton Park that I share with my husband and my two small boys, eight and four. We're homeschooling, yay! (laughs) It's a bit of a shock. I think we have a rhythm now. I'm sending you this note from my garden and I'm really, really deeply thankful for having this outdoor space. I am the only one who is vegetarian in the house and four-year-old is quite picky and quite moody by nature and he often refuses whatever is cooked for him just for the sake of refusing which I found in this situation quite infuriating and have even less patience for than I normally would have. I often end up cooking three separate meals which at the moment I'm really really trying hard not to I've gone into cooking frenzy since our lockdown started. 
yes, breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks. Although I've given up on doing snacks by request and I prepare what I call snack buffet. And you can check some pictures on my Instagram about that. I just lay out a few things and they can help themselves whenever they want. And they don't ask for any more between meals. Today, on our snack buffet, are raspberry milk kefir ice lollies. It's a wonderful way to use a fermented product like milk kefir or water kefir, where you whiz it up with just some fresh fruit, stick it into ice lolly molds, and within a day, you have a very nutritious yet very exciting snack for the kids or adults. I'm finding that I'm definitely cooking a lot to get through things. I'm taking great pleasure in planning what to eat and the cooking itself and thinking about my next meal constantly, which I always do anyway. But I do feel like it's quite heightened because of being unable to go out to eat and perhaps being a bit more mindful about what's available and what I can and can't buy at the supermarket. I'm definitely being especially frugal with uh, tinned tomatoes, eggs and flour, which are ingredients that I use an awful lot and perhaps have taken for granted in the past. But uh, definitely having seen the gaps on the supermarket shelves where those items usually are, it's definitely made me a bit more aware of how much I'm using in a recipe and savouring the use of them a bit more. I find that I'm craving a lot of comfort food. My granny's pasta soup with vegetables or ramen of any kind and sweets. I've been baking and I'm not a baker. I'm more of a savory type, well, plus chocolate. But I baked quite a few cakes in the last two weeks, eggless and with eggs. You told me how your eating habits are changing and how you're savoring your eggs and pasta and all these ingredients that have become so precious to us at the moment. I dug out my River Cafe cookbooks, the little pocket versions, and I found this plum and amaretto cake that for some reason I just had to make there and then. And then I nearly fainted when I realized I'll have to use five eggs and it felt so precious. And that led to me sharing it with a couple of neighbors safely but I'd like to think that those five eggs have made more than one family happy. I find that emotions are running high all the time not just about food but just about anything really. I originally come from Serbia and I lived in Belgrade during the Balkan Wars in the 90s and then during NATO bombing in 1999. So for me this kind of situation or, of, of or lockdown or, or limited movement or empty shelves is not necessarily something new. It's different and it feels different. However, having seen, having witnessed empty Sainsbury's shelves for the first time since 1992, 93 in Belgrade, it, it kind of created involu- involuntary stress response from me, which totally startled me. I did not expect that. Um, I'm a food hoarder as it is, but it's, uh, it just made me panicky. So yes, I am cooking and I've got enough probably to feed us for a long time. But I also preserve everything. I ferment everything under the sun. I think it's so interesting what you said about growing up 
in Serbia and having already experienced kind of empty shelves there and you say that you're a hoarder by nature and I wonder if that's a product of of having experienced those shortages maybe I mean a very a very baseless theory but um, I was wondering if you see any correlation between these two I was also wondering where your love for fermenting came from. Was that something that you started doing in Serbia as well? Is it very much part of the culture there? It's funny, I never thought of myself as a food hoarder. It's something that my mother-in-law recently mentioned, thinking and talking about my cupboards brimming with food, and she couldn't understand why I would need so many different types of oils and ingredients. But then again, she, in her own words, is eating to live rather than living to eat. And I fall into the latter category. I think definitely there is a correlation between what I lived through in the 90s in Belgrade and how I feel internally about being hungry. Not that I ever really experienced true starvation, We were really lucky in the 90s to have my grandparents live on a farm and very um, often send us um, carloads full of eggs and meat and vegetables that would keep. Um, My granny used to make a pasta, I inherited her pasta machine that I have here in London that has found a new purpose with the kids now. But I never felt troubled by food hoarding. I think only being in this situation now do I start to unravel these different layers. I'm not sure what the purpose of it would be though, because I enjoy making and cooking and creating so much. Fermented food is pretty much staple in the Balkans. The tradition is alive and it's seasonal, and it's preserving for colder months of the year. Even though people do get their things from supermarkets, equivalents of farmers' markets are pretty much alive, but not like the way we have them in London that seem to be class-based as well, depending on how much income you've got. They are really for everybody there. Like I would imagine what you would think of Italian farmers markets seasonal abundant produce for everyone to buy when it comes to late summer and early autumn people get preserving and i think in the balkans in serbia particularly from what i've witnessed and seen it's 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 a female job (laughs) and it's a communal activity you would not buy 50 kilos of peppers or 50 kilos of tomatoes as well to make the most amazing spread called Ivar, sometimes throw in some aubergines as well on your own. No, you would do it with female members of your family or your neighbours or your friends. And it's a very social activity. It's the same with fermentation. We make a lot of brined vegetables, a lot of sauerkraut. And definitely, this is where my love for it comes from. However, I never really have given it much thought until fairly recently because that was something that I grew up with that was just another condiment on our 
table. I have gone into a fermentation frenzy since we've been in lockdown and trying to think of different ways how I can preserve food in case our food supply chain breaks. I don't really think it's going to happen, but again, I think that's that underlying, very sort of deep, unsettled feeling of mind that I have around food and the need to have abundance. And fermentation allows that abundance to spread around you. I'm running out of space to keep my ferments in the kitchen. I've got a separate fermentation fridge I got for Christmas a couple of years ago when my husband was concerned there's no place for Christmas turkey in the regular fridge. So I repurposed a wine fridge and that's my fermentation fridge right now. But I also have various ferments, some in the playroom, some in my wardrobe, some under the stairs. They are slowly spreading. It's the morning after the supermoon and I'm a bit tired. I hardly slept. Well, I actually could not fall asleep and it doesn't seem that I'm the only one. I've just pulled out of uh, my special incubator rice koji that I will use to make some Japanese ferments like miso and amazake. And I'm sending you a picture of the whole tray and you can see how tightly packed they are and what's Binding them together is mycelium of this amazing fungi called Aspergillus orizae. And when you open the incubation tray after 48 hours, it smells uh, the sweetest chestnuts, such a sweet aroma. Um, first time I fermented successful batch, I had the incubator in my bedroom and I woke up at three in the morning and could not sleep because the smell, that aroma, is just so enticing. I've since learned that I should really keep the incubator in the kitchen. Yelena Belgrave is a fermenter, fermentation teacher, macrobiotic cook and potter. You can find her on her website, oblutak.co.uk, that's O-B-L-U-T-A-K, or on Instagram, at pots and food to share. You can find out when Yelena is running her next workshop on Zoom on the Brockwell Greenhouse's website. If you're listening to this in the first week or so after it comes out in mid-April, then the next one is on the 25th of April 2020, and I highly recommend booking a ticket. I'm eagerly waiting to open my white kimchi and fermented hot sauce in 10 days time. I've got one more lockdown special episode to come this week. I've already released one with the wonderful Rebecca Spaven making sourdough bread and talking to me about uh, being divorced from the notion of grain. It's a really lovely episode and I really recommend checking it out if you haven't already. And just make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss a new ep. And if you have time in the, your lockdown to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, then that would be much appreciated. It really does help others find the podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm actually sharing a notable kitchen every weekday on the Lekka Instagram at the moment, which I'm having a great time doing and other people seem to be enjoying it as well. So come and find me at Lekka Podcast. Until next time.